I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. So many of us quit drinking and overcome that big hurdle of breaking an addiction, breaking the uh, the habitual habit, the subconscious behavior. And we're highly motivated to do that because um, the more you drink, the more addicted you are to it, the higher your tolerance is, and the more pain that you feel and experience trying to maintain a certain level of alcohol consumption. And it just begins to take a toll on your body and on your mind and on your day and productivity and all of the things. And so by being in this program, you've already um, addressed a huge hurdle and learned a lot about yourself in the process. One of the things that I found my program on, what my niche is, is that I don't help people stop drinking. I help people eliminate the desire to quit drinking because it's our thoughts and our feelings that drive our behavior. And trying to change our behavior with willpower is, it doesn't work um, very often or very long because willpower, first of all, is a finite resource. The more stressed you feel, the less you have the ability to focus. Um, and that's the other thing. Willpower requires you to be conscious um, because most of our habits like drinking um, or emotional eating or smoking or hair pulling or nail biting or whatever it is, they're subconscious. And so willpower only affects the you know 5% of your thoughts that are actually you're in charge of and you're steering and you're choosing and you're thinking. Um, but the brain operates on autopilot. The brain operates on subconscious. We wouldn't be able to get through our day. Hell, we wouldn't be able to get out of bed if our brain didn't habituate certain things. And the way the brain does that is through the think, feel, act cycle. So you do something a couple of times and a habit begins to form because there's a dopamine reward in your brain. and Dopamine is motivation. It's not even necessarily the contentment. That's more of the serotonin where you just feel, you know, the endorphins of contentment and satisfaction and not a lot of motivation. Dopamine is our motivating hormone. So anything that triggers dopamine is going to lend itself to that think, feel, act cycle, the habit loop. Most of us, when we quit drinking, we did clear a big hurdle, but we're still left with other behaviors that are causing issues. Like the emotional eating for me was a huge one. 
Um, and what that stemmed from, oh, and I should also say I was vaping and using nicotine gum and all sorts of other little things that were far less harmful. Um, I was motivated to address emotional eating um, more than I was like even chewing nicotine gum because there weren't a lot of downstream negative consequences, except it was annoying to always have to be buying the gum and chewing the gum and my out of gum and all of that. I wanted my attention and my focus back. That's why we, we, we want to address these behaviors. But ultimately, when a behavior is creating negative consequences and you just focus on trying to change the behavior, we fail. And one of the reasons why we started drinking and that became such a loop is because what we're actually doing at some point, um, once it's become a habit, is we're avoiding our feelings. And drinking is an excellent way to give us a dopamine hit. So we're altering our brain chemistry so that we're not feeling whatever it is that we don't want to feel. And we live in a culture where from little children, we are taught um, not how to manage our emotions, but how to manage our behavior. You know, it's like in our culture, whoever can put up with the most bullshit and still smile wins, at least for females. And so we are not taught to manage our emotions. We're taught to manage our behavior. And that is where, you know, you're squeezing the toothpaste tube so much and then it squirts out somewhere, you know, by denying yourself time and space and um, allow to allow for your feelings because you're so busy covering up your feelings with your behaviors, um, it just doesn't go well. The brain kind of shuts down and we move into this autopilot um, reaction. So we're getting a feeling that we don't want to stop and process. And ultimately we end up doing behaviors that don't serve us. So this module is about addressing those compulsive and numbing behaviors. We call them buffering um, distracting, you know, many of us use distraction to avoid our feelings. If we just stay really busy, then we don't have to stop and feel. And what I come back to time and time again is how not unpleasant feelings are. You know, what if you weren't afraid to feel any feeling? This is ultimately a superpower. It's when we're driven to avoid our feelings that we don't stop and look at them that we end up doing things that don't serve us. Feelings are messengers from the subconscious. We may not like the message, which is usually the problem. Just take um, the fact that most of us live in kind of a chronic state of overwhelm and stress, and we got to go, 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 and we're hyperproductive, and we have not set boundaries or valued our own self-care or made time for ourselves. And so we're just depleted, and we, we long for pleasure. Um, and I don't even mean that in a weird way, you know. Pleasure is a normal bodily process, just like digesting your food or feeling thirsty for water. Our brain wants to feel pleasure. And so if we deny ourselves pleasure constantly because we are wired to believe that we have to be productive, that any pleasure that we do have should be because we are in service to others and making other people happy. As women, these are our cultural expectations. And when we deny ourselves the time and space to experience pleasure, our brain just is going to take it. There's a dopamine deficiency there. And so again, that's how we get caught up into these problems. But again, it is just 
the answer is that we have to learn how to process our emotions. And what does that mean? What does it mean to process an emotion? An emotion is just a, a thought. Thoughts are our emotions. Remember, an emotion is a felt sense of a thought. So just like you hear the words I'm speaking, you feel the thoughts that you're thinking. And so when um, anxiety, for example, is coming up or overwhelm is coming up, there's thoughts in there creating that, such as, I can't do all of this. Um, I need to take a break. I'm tired. And when we have other thoughts that are like, go, 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 no, and those thoughts are conflicting, we get an emotion that's like a smoke alarm that is calling us to pay attention and tune in. And so what you'll find, the superpower is the quicker you tune in to the emotion that you're trying to outrun, which by the way, you can't outrun because emotions are inside your body and you can't escape your body. But the sooner you turn into the message of the emotion, the sooner you can resolve it. You know, it may be that um, it's just a subconscious belief that you should be doing something and then you can pull it up and you're like, oh, no, I don't agree with that. That's where the emotion is coming from. But you felt it. You noticed the thought that was thinking it. You resolved it. There's a resolution there. And so anytime it, that feeling comes up again and you notice it, you're like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I don't have to run 87 miles an hour all day, every day. And so you can resolve it. So the emotion might be coming up from an errant thought, uh, a belief that is not true that you want to uh, override, or it's coming up from a belief that is true. So maybe you're being driven by all the shoulds and the false beliefs of productivity and your value as a person is in how much you can do and be for other people. And so inside your body's like, hey, hey, I'm tired. Hey, I need a good meal. We need to go to the store and get some real food. Hey, I need a break. I need silence. I need to reset my nervous system because I'm jacked up in overdrive here. So the emotion is just the messenger. You either need to change a behavior or you need to change a thought. It's one of two things. And when you stop and look at the emotion and give yourself time to uncover the underlying thoughts and then look at the beliefs driving those thoughts, and also when you uncover it, I lost my train of thought, when you give yourself time and space to uncover the thoughts and the beliefs that are creating the emotion, the emotion goes away. So you're, you're not disabling the smoke alarm with distractions and numbing and compulsive behaviors, which try to turn off the, the source of the emotion, but you're actually putting out the fire. You are getting rid of the source of the smoke, not just waving fans and pretending it's not smoking in the house. Okay, so when you do this, um, first of all, our negative emotions are, they originate, like I just said, from a thought or a behavior that needs to change. But then what compounds them is that we start judging ourselves for having the emotions, such as I shouldn't be tired right now, or I shouldn't be anxious, or I shouldn't be experiencing fear, or I should be okay, even though I'm not okay. We start judging and negative self-talk. Let's use weight as an example. 
Um, if you are an emotional eater and you're carrying some extra weight, anytime you think about the weight, you're thinking that the weight is the problem. Um, when in fact, the weight is not the problem. The weight is a circumstance. It is what it is. It can't change in this moment. It just is what it is. You weigh however many pounds. You wear whatever size clothes you wear. That's the truth in the moment. The weight is not the problem. Your thoughts and feelings about the weight are the problem, such as if I could just get back to X pounds, then I would feel better about myself, which isn't true because the way you feel about yourself is, has to do with how you think, not what you weigh. A weight is a neutral circumstance. You may think you're underweight, in which case you should eat. You may think you're overweight, in which case you should stop eating. Both cases, you could wear the exact same size and wear the, have the same pounds on your body. It's all mental. It's all in your thoughts and feelings. So flipping the script from my weight is the problem or smoking is the problem or drinking is the problem. Those things aren't the problem. And neither are the consequences, the hangover, not the problem. Um, the stinky smell of smoke and the cost and the risk to your health is not the problem. It's your thoughts and feelings that create the anxiety, that create the shame, that create the frustration, that create the resistance to this is what it is. If you're experiencing a hangover, you can't go back to yesterday and undrink the drinks. So you have to allow for the headache, the fatigue, the regret or whatever. You just have to allow for it and stop trying to change it. So I use a three-part process um, personally that helps me um, deal with my emotions in the present moment. And I've introduced it before, but I call it stop, drop, and feel. Kind of a play on the stop, drop, and roll when you're on fire. Stop, drop, and feel. Um, the first thing to stop is that you have to pay attention. You have to pull your brain off of auto, autopilot. So awareness, awareness is like 80% of this whole entire process. Okay, it's this subconscious think, feel, act cycle, that thought loop that leads to the behavior that you're not even aware of, that's how you find yourself with the drink in your hand or the cigarette in your hand or an empty bag of granola in front of you, okay? You're not even aware of the process. So the first thing is to start body awareness, mindfulness, stop and notice that you're having a negative self-talk or uh, an urge. And an urge can feel like anything from a vague sense of discomfort to an intense sensation somewhere in your body, um, mouth watering or, you know, some sort of compulsive, compulsive feeling, um, all the way to intrusive thoughts. You know, your brain, you're like, okay, I'm not going to do the thing. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, eat the granola. And then every 37 seconds, your brain's like, hey, hey, we could just do the thing because actually we're going to go for a walk later or actually it's going to be fine or actually who the fuck cares? It doesn't really matter. Let's, let's just get the granola. And every 37 seconds, you're having to remake that decision. And it gets exhausting to the point where you, yeah, likely just give in to it because you're trying to escape the feeling once again. So the first part of, of dealing with the feeling is to notice that you're having it. And 
ladies, we are so wired to ignore the way we're feeling. Um, and it begins with, you know, the mirror neurons that calls to mind when Will Smith, you know, was watching Chris Rock on stage and the cameras caught him. He laughed at the joke. We are wired to agree with the people around us. And it takes our brain a minute to be like, hey, uh, I don't agree with that. Okay, so we are wired to agree and to ignore our feelings. We are socially conditioned to manage our behavior and do not pay attention to your feelings. 80% of dealing with compulsive behavior is to notice that you're feeling an urge physically or you're experiencing mental talk, which then leads to emotions. And by the way, an urge is just an emotion, urgent. You're feeling an urge. Um, it may feel different in different contexts, but um, a urge and emotion, you can, you can interchange those two words. So to stop and pay attention and even mindfully speak, you know, I am experiencing an urge to eat the shit out of that granola. I am experiencing an urge to have a cigarette. Okay. And then that creates a container for that emotion. You're allowing it. And that's the second thing is to drop into the present moment, to be present with that feeling. I'm experiencing an urge to do whatever. And be curious instead of judgmental. You know, I'm experiencing the urge to eat. That does not mean because I'm a fat, stupid loser who's never going to lose weight. That's the type of thinking that then your brain just circuit blows and you can't deal this do do with this anymore and that's when you go into the behavior so you have to stay present number 1 is notice stop number 2 is drop into the body be in the present moment stop thinking and start feeling and this is where um you will find that feeling any emotion except for horrible uh trauma memories or grief, those emotions can be extremely uncomfortable. And that's, let's just not even include those in here. But for the most part, our everyday emotions are not that painful. Like I've had worse paper cuts than the anxiety that I feel that ultimately leads me to, you know, eat or to grab the nicotine gum or whatever it is. What are we so afraid of? Ultimately, we're really not afraid of, and that's getting into the underlying belief of that I need to avoid this feeling. No, you don't. It's not going to kill you. It's actually fine. It's fine. It's unpleasant, but so are all the other things. I talk to a lot of people on the phone about the drinking, and you know, I, I drink because I don't like to be uncomfortable. Honey, wake up. You're uncomfortable 24 hours a day, except for maybe 30 minutes where you're having the first drink, the rest of the day is a shit show. You're uncomfortable all the time. So dropping into the body and staying present with that feeling and really noticing it's not that big of a deal. You're gonna be okay. And then the third is to really, is to feel. So to get to know that feeling, get familiar with it. You know, emotion is a messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Look at it. You know, does it pulse? Is it hot? Is it cold? Does it have a smell or a sound or images in your brain? Like, what exactly is this urge? Get to know it so that when it comes up, you can be like, oh, hey, I'm experiencing an urge. Here it is. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it feels like. Here's, here's what the situation is. And just accept 
this whole situation with curiosity instead of judgment. Okay. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Not helpful. I can do this. And this is only temporary and it will pass. Helpful. Okay. And then that's a three-step process. Stop, drop, and feel. There are, of course, steps four and five, which are to uh, set an intention for change, understanding that it's not the behavior that needs to change. It's your thoughts and feelings and what's going on with all of that. And then the last one is the trial and the error. You're not going to think yourself sane. You're not going to think yourself thin. You have to do things. Sometimes it's redirect. Sometimes it's to feel and to journal. Sometimes it's to talk. I mean, and it changes in all given circumstances. So changing the behavior when you're curious instead of judgmental that I want this to change and it needs to change immediately instead of just this process is, is really the key. Just you're having a human experience this is human. It's normal. Nothing has gone wrong. I have a human brain. I've got habits built in. I've got feelings that I'm trying to avoid. All of this is normal. And just being curious is really, really helpful. Um, in this exercise, uh, I call it urge surfing. I ask you a bunch of questions to, to pick an urge or circumstance that's coming up and triggering for you that you want to work on. Um, you don't have to slay all the dragons. But what's really cool is that when you do this in one context, it becomes a skill because it is. And then it gets much easier. The dominoes just start to fall in other areas where you're like, oh, you know, I don't need to do the thing. I can just feel the thing and then skip the part where I regret and shame myself later. So you're going to go through the urges and you're going to do a thought download of all of the thoughts that you're feeling. And then you're going to look at those thoughts and see if you can pull out the underlying beliefs. You know, a belief is just a thought that you think is true. And so if you think, you know, I want to lose weight, what's the underlying belief under that is that, you know, my value is tied to my weight or being heavy, I'm taking up too much space or I'm, you know, I should be ashamed of myself because I'm a gluttonous pig. Like what are the beliefs underneath the thoughts that are creating the feeling? And then you're going to go through, um, the trial and error process. What does it feel when I resist? What does it feel like when I resist? What does it feel like when I don't resist? Um, what works? What thoughts do I need to think um, when I feel and notice the urge? You know, does this thought didn't work or I, I need to fine tune or tweak that process? What behaviors might help? Um, you know, what do I need to practice in terms of self-care to circumvent and to feel the emotions and not just distract myself? And what becomes really cool about this work is that when you set an intention to deal with this, when the urge comes up, you welcome it. It's not something you fear anymore. Oh, good. I want to watch Netflix and eat. Like, what's that about? And so you actually can allow this to be a learning experience that's teaching you. Um, so I actually like when I've, I've used that technique when I quit the vaping and all of that of like, oh, I want to I want to vape, like stop, drop and feel like what's going on with that. And I was able to successfully go, go cold turkey and I didn't have near as much practice. It actually went away really fast because once I tuned in and, and dealt with it, um, 
and of course had the intention to stop, it it really was fine because I was telling myself, I can feel this feeling, like go, how long am I going to feel it? And like 30 seconds later, I was bored and doing something else. So this will help you welcome the urge. And finally, I want to encourage you to take the time to actually either print this out or answer the questions in a notebook. It is so powerful and it accesses another part of your brain to journal. You really have, once you start writing, new thoughts come up from different places. You can't think you're what your way sane. I try that. It, it really doesn't, it's not nearly as effective as just sitting down and doing the work. So I encourage you to make time for this exercise and then to then to incorporate the process and you don't always have to stop drop and write but do some initial work um, and set an intention around a specific urge um, because just doing that um, just alerts your body that you're showing up and that this is happening for real you're going to get a lot farther if you if you do the work on this and not just entertain the concepts when you don't have anything better to do okay so good luck Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, If you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 Days to Spontaneous Sobriety course, where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink. Because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.